Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome on to a Wednesday night edition of the show. Got a lot of news to catch up with here. And then we're going to hit something that was a good question on the little impromptu solo Twitter NBA show that I did last night about which teams have the best young cores going forward. So, of course, we will parse that down into great detail, including arguing over what exactly a young core even means here. But let's start, Danny. Dylan Murphy and I discussed this to some degree. We've discussed it in other forums. But anything you wanted to add on the sad news of Jimmy Butler undergoing surgery on his right meniscus over last weekend? Well, we're going to get a much better sense of what this means for the Timberwolves as a team. But the schedule part of this is fascinating because they just happen to have a bunch of games against good teams and a bunch of games against bad teams. And so the bad ones, they should be able to win either way. But what will yeah, decide... Unless it's on the road in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to see where the rubber meets the road there again. But considering how hard it looks like the teams in the 9 and 10 spots right now, that's actually technically the Nuggets and, and the Jazz, but you know, all the teams in that range are pushing. It's going to be a stronger race to get in. I still think they're going to make it at, at this moment. That's how I'm feeling about it. But it also, I think the biggest impact that we're going to see is if they still make it in is that this totally changes the dynamic with the 1 and 2 seeds if you believe that Jimmy Butler is going to come back and be ready for a theoretical first round series because if they are the seven or the eight they have a much higher ceiling than anybody else with jimmy butler that could be in those spots so right now the predictions at, at 538 which assume that the wolves will play as they have with jimmy butler all season assume that they're to finish it with a 48 and 34 record the wolves currently 38 and 26 10 teams of course are in the race and with all of those teams playing so well and with all of the teams out of the playoffs really in tank mode now in both conferences you have to imagine that these teams at the bottom are going to continue to play well as you mentioned they're pushing them so the jazz and nuggets are currently projected to be out of the playoffs as of now but to still get to 44 wins so the wolves already have 38 it's difficult to imagine i mean they've got 18 games left right now as long as they go better than 6 and 12 over their last 18 games i think they'll be in decent shape. that'll get to 45 wins it's hard to imagine that 45 wins won't get you in some possibility that butler could return as well before then and dylan and i talked a little bit about how or at least i talked at him he didn't really respond to it uh because he was doing more of the x's and o's stuff about what it's going to look like without butler but the long-term impact for butler returning four to six weeks a very short timeline of course uh, all the things are being said about how this is a minor repair it's or, or a minor surgery it's not a full repair there's not a large amount of the meniscus being removed etc etc he's 28 right now hits free agency at 29 next off season but you always just wonder about guys coming back so quickly from these meniscus surgeries and it seems like more times than not there are complications that cause it but the, there are a few where there haven't been right like kevin love last year Derek 
Rose in 2015. You know, those are ones where the guys were able to come back and look like themselves pretty much in the playoffs. But there are just as many times where the guys either weren't the same or pushed back and weren't quite the guy. Either weren't the same going forward ever or weren't quite ready to play. That is certainly the more important point long term, just because, you know, though I think both sides would hope that this can be a long term relationship and you want to make sure that Butler is the best that he can be moving forward. And Minnesota beat the Kings. They were, it got into single digits in the fourth quarter, but they ended up winning by, I think it was 18. But I want to yeah. rattle quickly. And just through. winning these first two. Yeah. Just winning these first two without Butler, granted against bad teams, uh, were important against the Bulls and Kings. Yeah, they are important because that changed it from being eight wins that they needed to six. You know, that that is that is a good line here. But so the next stretch is going to be brutal. At Portland, at Utah, back-to-back. Boston, Golden State, at Washington, at San Antonio, Houston, and then what could be a swing game with the Clippers. So you have the psychological effects of that as well. They could absolutely win one or more of those games. But let's say for the sake of discussion that they do not, then this looks different at that point than it does right now. And they'll have a lot of games against winnable teams. I mean, Memphis, Atlanta, Dallas, that type of game a lot more later than just the way their schedule breaks out. But, you know, it's for certain teams, it's like, oh, it can feel like a tailspin, especially if it takes place over two weeks or so. So I still expect them to be in, but that structure, and because we know they're going to be within all of those games without Jimmy Butler, that will be, that will be harder, but they just have to do it. And I think they're still going to make it in, but the seven or eight seed is absolutely a possibility. I haven't gone through everybody else's to see if they have these types of stretches, but it's, it's going to be a challenge. Also, they have enough shot creation on this team that if Butler comes back for the playoffs and he's not 100%, it's possible for him to just kind of focus uh, on defense and not be as big a part of shot creation. And you still got Teague, you still got Wiggins, you still got Towns, you still got Crawford, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, still got Shabazz Muhammad, just, just kidding. Uh, who actually looks like is not going to get bought out as far as we know. He had wanted to buy out, he had wanted a trade, wasn't getting it. Uh, he's got a player option for next year, see how much of that he's willing to give back. But if he's not going to play it all you would imagine they could do better just to, trying to get some other guys in their system who could be part of their future because they really don't need the shot creation that he brings unless like three more guys go down uh oh, what, out of colorado ask yeah go one ahead, other thing uh they've been starting bielitsa in both of the first two games in that in yeah. the extra spot so bielitsa towns and and taj gibson all together they don't really have a clean option at the three that's just how this team is structured because those guys are hard to yeah. get and they didn't use their remaining assets to do it is that the best option i part of me thinks that it might be just because there isn't really anybody else yeah yeah i, I think that's probably right i mean you've got to have him he guards whoever of the two or three wiggins isn't guarding wiggins has to take the, the best threat now uh they still haven't to my knowledge gone to any lineups with teague and jones together they could do that a little bit with some backup units you would think uh but yeah i don't really know who else it's supposed to be at this point uh outside bielitsa unless it's crawford and crawford was likely going to be closing some games you would imagine uh but i think you don't want him starting just to i mean bielita is still probably better defensively than crawford is at least has a little bit more size um uh, anything else on that no uh so as, as i started to transition to some sad news uh, out of aspen colorado where a uh, longtime nba agent dan fagan was killed in a car crash he's had a, a ton of clients in his career really one of the most powerful agents of the last 20 years uh demarcus cousins sean wall ricky rubio chandler parsons dwight howard 
Florida at one point, DeAndre Jordan at one point, and Fagan certainly has a complicated legacy in NBA circles with some of the things that his clients went through, such as Dwight getting out of Orlando and DeAndre Jordan turning back from the Mavericks. Parsons, a guy whose contract situations have had a ton of drama as well. And then he had his own issues with uh, a company that bought his practice and then alleged that he was not performing to that agreement. Uh, but certainly a, a guy who, well, known as an extremely tough negotiator, uh, there was an outpouring of support both from his former clients and, and even his uh, competitors and league executives uh, of sadness uh, at his past. I mean, he had been an absolute force in the league, negotiated some of the biggest and, you know, most significant contracts in the in this recent era. I mean, especially since you and I have been covering the league. And another part of this is just, yeah, I mean, agents, sometimes their role is very very big news. Other times it's a lot behind the scenes. And so he's somebody who has connections with really anybody that you that you know in the league. I mean, we've seen this with players, certainly with general managers and writers alike. And so it's a shame to, shame to see see him gone and to have, it, have his influence gone forever from the league. Yeah, I mean, certainly having him involved in some negotiations made it interesting. And I know a lot of people in the league, if he wasn't the number one guy you didn't want to cross from you in a negotiation, uh, he was right up there. And and usually that is a good thing uh, for your client. Um, in San Antonio, Mike Wright and, and Woj reporting that Kawhi Leonard has returned to the Spurs facility. He had been working out in New York and has hopes of returning to the lineup sometime in March. I'm not sure how to reconcile this with some of Popovich's statements that he doesn't expect him to return this year. Maybe that's simply lowering expectations. Maybe that was supposed to be a kick in the pants to Leonard. It seems like if so, that that has worked. Although who knows whether this is a change from what Leonard's previous plans were uh, there is no indication from Kawhi's camp that he wasn't trying to working to get back uh, by any means uh but working to get back and, and that he will return I mean it's all this has been such an intractable injury for him with this quad tendon that if he's not feeling right you have to imagine he's not necessarily going to try and push through it when he doesn't feel comfortable and of course I don't blame him for that in the slide I am now officially in wait and see mode with all this kind of stuff of course we we absolutely could can and must report it because it's important for us but from for my own expectations when i see him on the court for a game i will be thrilled and relieved that he is back and i will not deal with the ups and downs of it because i'm just i'm just at this point like with the way that it's gone i'm just i don't know i i don't think i'm in the right place for it in that way so i want to see him back want to see him back as soon as is re- responsible for him but you know if it if it for whatever reason it's not this year then it's not this year about a week ago zach Lowe reported that the nba for the first time is seriously considering some kind of a play-in tournament among certain lower seeds i think it would the way he had it was the most commonly conceived version was seeds seven through ten would be in a play-in tournament with some pretty big advantages for the seven and eight seed to get in but nine and ten would have a chance to get into the playoffs what are your thoughts on that these are the sort of big issues that you uh enjoy thinking about one big concern for me is timing i mean you would be, no matter how you want to do that if you wanted to so if it's going to be multiple teams then it's going to take a little bit of time and i'm sure certain points rest is good but you have to worry about the rest versus rust element of it but the biggest thing for me is it just it devalues the regular season to a point i mean these it, it is an accomplishment it is true that the best teams don't always make it in and so i'm happy that the nba is reportedly considering changes i think that's a healthy league is always considering what other ideas can can make them better and considering the better ones more more stringently 
breathe in the other ones. So that part of it I do really like. But for me, ideas more like having the top seeds be able to choose their opponents, which is a material advantage for being at the top and just has greater benefits, encourages the right things, and doesn't create all the other logistical stuff. I think that is is more in line. But hey, if they want to consider whatever they want to do, by all means. And I don't have, if they can figure out the, the, the thorny elements of it, I don't have that much opposition to this. I think my opposition is more making it a tournament rather than the kind of the equivalent of a play-in game, that sort of thing. Yeah, it might be nice. Uh, and, and the exact details elude me, and I'm sure that they're not really nailed down yet. A couple of reasons why I like it. And do you remember how crappy and anticlimactic the last couple days of the season were uh, last year when some of the teams that were playing, like Miami, for instance, like with the Bulls trying to get in, they were just playing against tanking Brooklyn and the Bulls won by like 40 points against them. I, I think when you compare the, I think the last couple of years, other than, I mean, the race to the bottom for lottery seeding position has actually been more interesting than the race for the playoffs in these last couple of games. And uh, oddly enough, I could just note it from our numbers. Usually we really lock in on all of those games the last three, four days of the season. And those are some of our lowest rated episodes of the year talking about those games, which is pretty remarkable. So it doesn't seem like that much interest is there right now in the chase for the seven and eight seeds. And this could change that. There's also some hope that tanking would be curbed to some degree just by the potential of now that you're you're moving the possibility of at least getting into this tournament, uh, making it to the 10th seed. And so that'll take a few more tankers out, especially when you consider too that with the lottery change coming up, that kind of middle ground where you could be the 10th seed in a conference might actually matter in terms of like you could get into lottery position so they don't want to i think the tanking inflection point is going to be lowered now uh to kind of you know the five through ten range uh, as opposed to being one of the worst teams in the league uh so i i think it's a good idea i'm glad that it's being discussed i mean change for the sake of change is dumb like the moving the extra point back and just adding more randomness to a kicker's skill for no reason in the in the nfl is like one of the dumbest rule changes i've ever heard of but this doesn't fall into that category change for change sake is not great but i think there's this would to me i would be more interested personally in the last week before the playoffs if this tournament were going on than if it were just the end of the regular season and also if they wanted to cut off a little bit of the regular season as well that wouldn't be the end of the world to me either yeah i've been an ardent supporter of that for a long time i think they should they should reduce that in other ways one other it's funny how you get how you get colored by the recent experience but to me one of the most definitive last days of the season in the last few years was that race for the eight seed and that new orleans san antonio game which had these massive ramifications oh, yeah. if you great. change the incentives here then then that sort of game doesn't happen too so it, it goes both ways and i want to be ve- wait why wouldn't why wouldn't that game happen that was uh a game to see like who was gonna oh i guess the new orleans right had to get yeah new orleans had to win but, but 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 there's also there's also enough uh advantage to being seven and eight in this that you're going to be trying really hard because i think what it is is it's like seven it, like i thought the formula was like seven and eight play the winner of that one is in and then nine and ten play the loser of seven and eight plays the winner of that plays the loser of seven and eight so you still have a big time advantage and and you're gonna play at home in that game against the winner of nine and ten so there's still a pretty big advantage there yeah it is but i mean the the randomness of of one game of course is 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 different though of course you could argue that new orleans in that one it was the randomness of one game there too so yeah i, I mean it's it, it's fine i i and and i think if they could combine it with the other stuff like choosing your opponents because it could lead to better teams being in and also the other potential thing here is it could impact the trade deadline i mean think about who's in the 
nine and ten spots. So in the West, it's it's all these teams we just talked about that with Minnesota. Yeah, we might see. You think we see fewer trades, or would we see more trades? I think in years like this, where that we would see fewer trades because teams, you know, Kemba Walker, that type of thing. But there are other years where the sellers are a little bit worse or a little bit better, and then and then that could shift it. So I think I think generally you'd see a little bit more. This is kind of a strange apportioning of talent where it just so happened that like the you know and then the Pistons ended up being big buyers they would probably be big buyers in this hypothetical either way yeah I think that it's really you're creating more buyers in theory by giving more teams a chance at making the playoffs or at least the pseudo playoffs um also tangentially related to this Adam Silver in the wake of Mark Cuban's $600,000 fine releasing a memo basically saying yeah okay you know what like if you want to over the course of many years try to rebuild your team that's all legitimate that's all okay but if we have any indication that you're actually trying to lose games i think maybe even there's a suggestion in tim mcmahon and brian windhorst's piece that some teams might even use analytics to give coaches an indication of which lineups would be really bad uh that if there's any indication like that of like real specifically trying to lose games in the moment that the league will come down in the hardest possible terms ironic i thought that silver made the point about oh it's so it's legitimate to rebuild when you know by a lot of accounts he uh was influential in getting sam hinky run out of town and and i've always my feeling has always been i find it much less important to do what the sixers did than just the oh we're gonna shut down like the good players who are on our team now and not play them i mean what the bulls are doing with robin lopez and justin Holland is completely ridiculous and if you are doing stuff you know once you already have your team to make your team worse and try and lose games that to me is much more important than all right you know we're gonna try and cycle through and find some young players and take on bad money and do it in more of a a, but but you know try to win games with the personnel that we have on the roster as best we can um so it it was i kind of agree with what silver is saying here but it's also ironic that the one person ever really faced any i wouldn't say discipline but negative consequences which the league was somewhat involved with was in fact uh the sixers who really there was no allegation at all that they were intentionally trying to lose games down the end of the season they just were bad and designed their team that way it's also kind of frustrating in the sense that it doesn't affect the schedule at this point i mean the schedule is incredibly complicated and we need to you know the 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 way of all the constraints of the buildings and everything like that but understanding the way that the league is right now a team and there are certain examples of this that are coming up facing an opponent twice in the last week or two of the season can be a material competitive advantage or disadvantage based on how this is and it would if it's possible i think one of the design constraints on the computer or however they however they input all this information and do it should be minimizing the repeat games that you have in the last month or so of the season and trying to balance that part of it out because it can be you know we're seeing how close these playoff races are going to be both for seeding and also just to make it in that it can be material in this case all right we got to do some quick injury news here before we get into talking about the young cores but first this from a new sponsor lending club for me this is a, a service that i wish it had been around when i was younger they give you access to low rates on loans of up to forty thousand dollars for almost any purpose whether it's taking control of your debt making home improvements unexpected repairs medical expenses for me when i was in my 20s for various reasons whether it was car repairs at one point it was medical expenses at one point it was credit card debt at another point in part because of those first two things i went to my bank and i looked into getting a, a personal loan to consolidate my credit card debt which of course was an astronomical interest rate and the process was just an utter pain in the butt i couldn't get the loan didn't like the interest rate lending club is much easier than
than going to a bank and they offer lower rates than high interest credit cards but what you do is you go to lendingclub.com enter the amount of money you need and you can see if you're approved it in just minutes and there, there are a number of different offers and payment plans over different amounts of time and the money could be in your account just days later to get your loan through lending club or just to check it out this isn't going to affect your credit at all by the way go to lendingclub.com slash cap space to check your rate for free once again it won't impact your credit score that is lendingclub.com slash cap space all loans made by web bank member fdic equal housing lender that's lendingclub.com slash cap space let them know that you came from us while i was doing that read i got a call on my cell phone has this happened to you where you get a call from a number that is like very close to your own number and like it, it like at first it caused me to pick it up i was like oh wow this must be like something local it's like one number off from my number and then of course it was just some spam call i thought we were going into a, some sort of new ad read there um yes i <laughs> I, I have it's, it's it's just a funny tactic i'm like ooh, ooh it's a this person must well be i've gotten i've gotten really frustrated I, like, that getting the now that spam calls are more frequently coming in from your own area code even just that part of it is because at first yeah. it used to be like yeah well it's all it's all right just right and so probably. it used to be that if you saw something like that yeah. you'd be like oh okay you know and if you, it was some from some random place across the country that you didn't know you'd be like okay but now it's you know it can it can go all over but that's exactly why they wanted that technology because made people more likely to pick up the phone so it's frustrating but let, let's get to, let's get to injuries i think yeah the one the ones that i i'm interested in i guess first is is the clippers because the clippers are competing in this gallinari has has a hand injury he's missed the last couple games including their win <laughs> in denver that we talked about last night and then avery bradley is going to be out for a while and there are concerns that that this will require off-season surgery with the same groin injury or same same groin injury that he had you know going into the deadline in the first place yeah doc rivers comments were not encouraging it sounds like an indefinite absence for bradley and, and it's been some reporting that it, it's a sports hernia which is you know kind of related to the groin uh rivers saying hey you know his he's an on-ball defender he's got to move his feet like that is that's all core stuff and he's absolutely right about that and, and with bradley's free agency impending you have to wonder about whether he could eventually just have surgery now or, or, or get shut down uh the suns claiming that this year we're not going to tank uh jay triana noting that shutting down eric bledsoe was a big reason why he was so disgruntled and perhaps they got less in trade for him that, than they might have or they could have actually you know kept him around and tried to win some games this year uh so they claim they're not going to do that but with blood so gone i mean really the only two guys who you would look at as veteran shutdown candidates are are tyson chandler who's dealing with a sore neck right now and, and has been missing some games and of course jared dudley so it's not like they have all these guys that they're going to shut down anyway uh, so i don't think it's really going to matter and you know, they've been playing all their best players and they've still been plenty bad uh, this season anyway i mean maybe they'll look a little bit better with alfred pate but it's looking like that is something unlikely. i'm gonna kind of keep an eye on not not accusing them of any malfeasance but we've seen a couple games already of these teams that are in the bottom eight going out to leads and then losing those leads promptly like you know like the magic went up i think eight on okc because they were hitting every shot and then lost i'm not saying those teams are tanking but it is it is 
it is interesting how other than that one Mavericks win against the Pacers, I believe, gravity has always fallen in the same direction, but that is what you would expect with bad team. Nice story out of New Orleans. Emeka Okafor has signed for the rest of the season. He's actually been starting getting the Keith Bogans, uh, but just to save Anthony Davis's ego that he doesn't have to actually start at center, although ironically, he's probably costing himself a, a chance at first team all NBA by not doing that, although he's going to play so many minutes at center now that he'll probably be in that conversation. That'll be really interesting to see whether he or Joel Embiid ends up getting first team all NBA if we continue on the same path. But good for Okafor to get back when I mean, he had such a mysterious injury. I mean, it's been so long since he's played that you have to go back to 2013 when that injury popped up and then the Wizards trading a first round pick to the Suns for marching Gortat to replace him. I mean, that's, a, that's the last time he had played in the NBA and he really worked his way back through the G League and, and has been able to give New Orleans at least some decently effective minutes. Quick hitters, injury-wise, Cody Zeller experienced some soreness in that surgically repaired left knee. He did not return from their game on Monday. I believe it was against the Bulls. Uh, Dwight Howard had a sore back, but is supposed to play tonight, uh, Wednesday night, which we're recording before. Uh, That's a concern for Zeller. We'll have to monitor that. I mean, he definitely, whether it's bone bruise, swelling, surgery, uh, seems to really suffer from some of these nagging issues. And when you, you have swelling in the same knee that was repaired, that's never a, a good sign. Uh, but one good sign for the Mavericks is Nerlens Noel will be available tonight, Wednesday night, uh, to play for the first time. He is apparently will not be bought out because this is the last day to do that before uh, you can sign with a uh, contender. You don't have to sign prior to March 1st, but you must be bought out by March 1st. Uh, and then you can sign up until the last day of the regular season and still play in the playoffs. And speaking of buyouts, uh, Corey Brewer's getting one. He is. And there has been some speculation that I've seen that he could reunite with college coach and this gives me great pain as a UCLA alum, Billy Donovan, to to do that. And I think that would be a poor use of resources for the Thunder. I don't think he gives, like, he's not a part of a playoff rotation. And that's really the line for them because they want to not only. Uh, well. Right, exactly. We think he's not that's why I think it would rotation. be a mistake. I'm not just, it, it's not an objective truth. But yeah. I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think he really is, uh, you know, they definitely need something on the wing. And Brewer is a vet. Donovan, of course, has the familiarity with him. You can very, I mean, this is this smacks of years ago the Thunder signing guys like Derek Fisher and Karan Butler who really were not able to contribute much anymore uh, back in the Kevin Durant era and then playing them over potentially superior option as well and so you know I think playing Brewer over an Alex Abrinas uh, I think Abrinas is just way better than Brewer is just Brewer's inability to shoot it and his defense has always been massively overrated so if you're getting him just as insurance uh, as a good vet all right I get that but the fear is that he's going to play and and if they do sign him my prediction will be that he will be a part of the playoff rotation and that would be to the thunder detriment a couple other just real quick injury things aaron gordon is is playing but he he's not all the way you know still dealing with some hip stuff and jonathan isaac is not returning all just yet he played for the the lakeland magic we talked about that a little bit on the 15 and 60 and then i i believe i saw that terrence ross had a little bit of a setback so he's still a little while away from returning and when you're a little while away at this point that means we might not see much of you the rest of the season yeah especially on a team that wouldn't mind uh keeping uh, their draft pick and, and for gordon it's something to monitor too remember he's on a schedule for restricted free agency and this is an injury that happened before the all-star break he, he had missed nearly a month of time here and there and then came back he's still ex- apparently experiencing some pain so if that's going to be the case I'm not sure whether a surgical intervention would be required here or whether it's just going to be rest but he's someone who could in theory be a shutdown candidate as well and frankly considering the 
fact that so much of his value this year has been in shooting that we believe is unsustainable might actually be a good idea unless uh, uh you know he, he can really beat this uh, pretty quickly uh, and we still haven't seen who's going to get waived in philadelphia yet maybe that'll come down uh, pretty quickly here they are reportedly going to sign ursine Ilyasova. trevor booker did not play last night against miami they went with rashawn holmes in a too big alignment instead of booker and so that maybe could augur that it would be booker uh they did trade a first round or a second round pick for him obviously in addition to okafor and stauskas not that those guys had any value and they've proved that in brooklyn so far but for the front office to give up a second rounder and then move on from booker would not be the greatest in terms of public relations but i think would in fact be the right so let's talk about these young cores and the criteria that we decided to use young core is a term that's thrown around a lot oh these guys have a great young core they have the best young cores that's what of course inspired the question which was a good one i would give credit to the viewer who did it but i'm sorry i don't remember as of this point but so where we went on this was a little different definition of the the young part of young core age 25 season or younger and i think that's where you can still hope that these guys are going to get a little bit better even if you know for the prospects list we do 23 but we're talking about for that guys that we expect to still get a lot better when you're 23 but if you're 25 and you're going to be under team control for a while then i think it's it's reasonable to include that you know 25 through 28 they may not be young by the end of it but we're kind of thinking about the question of can you see these guys being the core of a good team in three years and so then we also generally unless there were certain extenuating circumstances wanted to limit it to guys who are under team control either via their current contract or via restricted free agency for the next three seasons after this one but again in a few extenuating circumstances we made exceptions and anything else you want to say on just kind of like what your methodology was here Danny the only thing I'll add is there there is a question with some of these teams specifically the ones that have already been established in terms of whether those players are key on their team I think one of the differences between the two of us is that I like to think about it in the abstract the Celtics are probably the example I might as well just get out and say it because they those players are not the entirety of the core of their current team but the way I thought about it because I thought it was more intellectually interesting is what if they were the core of their own team and so if they didn't have the surrounding talent like Al Horford and Gordon Hayward who don't qualify and that made it a more more interesting for me so since it was more interesting I rolled with it no and you convinced me on that when we were talking earlier today about it it seemed like I wanted to go in another direction like oh they have to be the core right now but I think it's more would they be the core of the team in three years um so to me there were six teams that really were in consideration the Celtics Kyrie Irving still his age 25 season Jalen Braun Jason Tatum would be the main guys you could throw Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart in there as well as guys who are at least established rotation players at this point. I'm not sure that Rozier or Smart are really going to be starters. I mean, that was kind of the threshold for me as guys that you look at as like, okay, these are going to be surefire quality starters. I'm not sure you could say that about Irving Brown, anyone other than Irving Brown and Tatum among their young guys, but they have some other guys that maybe, you know, some outs who who could hit there. Uh, Celtics on the list for you? Oh, absolutely. And they're, they're probably 
they're high on the list for me. And we're not considering draft picks at all because that's not fair. But the Celtics also right. do have draft assets that could theoretically be added to the score, or they could take some of those assets and throw it to Anthony Davis, who I don't think would qualify for this list now. Is he? Is this his age twenty five year, twenty six? Do you remember? Uh, he is as of right now. Oh no, my friend, he doesn't even turn twenty five until March eleventh. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, that's, I should have known that yeah. because I included him on the Pelicans list. I, I should have remembered that, but I didn't scroll yeah. down. Uh, uh, but but nonetheless, uh, since he's the only guy <laughs> who's even remotely, it's really hard to have the Pels in this, especially when you consider just that they really seem to have stagnated so badly. I mean, that like one guy isn't really what uh, the spirit of the question is about to me. So, 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 so I their, was thinking yeah. it'd be interesting to just go breeze a little bit through some of the ones that we didn't think of as top tier, but are still notable. Well, well yeah, well, well, let's let's get the ones that we are talking okay. about. Sure. I think the way I want to do this is let's do the ones that we think are really in consideration first. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, because once we've established, hey, this is what the threshold is, I think it's a lot easier to say, well, you know, you're not meeting it here. I mean, and, and we'll see whether, uh, at least to objective fans, uh, these are at all uh, controversial omissions. But as I mentioned, I had six. One was the Celtics, the Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris are the three who, who really stick out you could also maybe throw trey lyles in there as well uh and and they have some limitations we'll we'll discuss all these teams more in greater detail so nuggets on the list for you oh yeah i mean you have star talent you have starter talent and then lyles is an intriguing bench player who who really does provide value for them and also with with nuggets this isn't a consideration for me but i wanted to mention that all of their guys even if you expand it to malik beasley and wancho they're all 23 and younger so these are really young 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 core guys which is great and that that's yeah. a benefit and, and frankly i mean you know they've got will barton yeah they've got uh wilson chandler who started to play a little bit better lately Millsap. They've got plumley yeah although Millsap has barely played this True. year so the point that i was making is they're a team that's been over 500 this year with your three best players essentially or or maybe three most important you, know, you can argue about whether murray has been better than maybe barton this year but your three most important players three three most important starters all 23 or younger to be this good is rare i mean and, and you know that's why it was so rare when that okc team made actually made the finals in 2012 with i think if they weren't all 23 or younger hardened westbrook and durant I, mean, I don't know that we'll ever really see anything like that uh, again in, in nba history that's it's absolutely crazy so nuggets definitely on that list to me although i think they do have some structural limitations going forward that uh, could limit their ceiling uh the milwaukee bucks uh, although chris middleton and eric bledsoe are probably two their three best players now they still have a, a, a nice looking core going forward Giannis Antetokounmpo who is the, the best player right now of, of I think of anybody who were were considering uh, among this young core group and then Jabari Parker looking better in this analysis since he's come back and at least offensively has, has looked pretty decent and then then it gets a little dicier if you're talking about guys who are going to be you know looking like high level of starters maybe Malcolm Brogdon gets their uh Thon Maker I'm not willing to totally give up hope but certainly you know he, he's got a long long way to go and they have a few more outs there too with like a sterling brown and uh i did appreciate your inclusion of uh marshall plumley on the list is marshall plumley even under 25 this is that's his the, age 25 season <laughs> 
I almost thought about putting a question mark around Thonmaker, but I, I'm I'm saving those jokes for other times. Okay, so Buck's obviously on the list oh, yeah. for you, right? Oh, of course. Uh, the Wolves are an interesting one because you would think, okay, core, that means at least three guys. Well, they only have three guys that really even fall into this category. Uh, Towns and Wiggins, for sure, obviously, those guys are starters. Although when one of the guys is, when the guys in question are not, have a player in Butler who's clearly better than either of them, you know, you, you definitely have to get a demerit there because he's been the one carrying them to winning basketball uh and then tyus jones is the other one you know i'm not sure that i see tyus jones as a starter maybe he could be a lower end starter at some point uh but you know not a lot of depth with those wolves they do have the top end talent with towns and then obviously wiggins is one of the more controversial players in the nba uh wolves on their few yeah i mean the strength at the top end is is really important there and i really like tyus jones i think tyus jones can be a part a significant part of their success whether it's as a starter or as a backup so I, I think he does help their case and when you look at a lot of these third guys you know he he's accomplished in, in a different way and I like the way he fits with the other two which is not a major consideration but it is something I thought about because if guys conflict then they provide less value as a core together uh who else did you have a, that you viewed as, as a reasonable contender in this analysis I mean the Sixers are are just massive in this the unquestionable ones are Joel Embiid Ben Simmons and Dario Saric those guys are all established at this point to to their own degree markel fultz we both had as the number one guy in his class there are still a lot of question marks he is obviously not established at this point and then on the fringes tj mcconnell and tlc i mean tlc is on the fringe of, of mentioning here just because i think he's i don't expect him to be a starter and then mcconnell is a value backup i mean if we're including tyus jones including mcconnell is certainly fair and i mean you have star talent there you have depth you have guys especially the top two that already fit together well which is shocking considering this is their first season playing together and so yeah they are they are high in the conversation they're not just in it uh, obviously Sixers there for me too did you have the Lakers yeah I had the Lakers as the kind of the last team in in that and it's not uh I mean though of course the people who listen to the top prospects pod are still giving giving a shit about that for our own independent decisions on it but the combination of Ingram Ball Kuzma Josh Hart and then I you can you can make arguments that other players should be but they don't really have either the team control or just everything else with Randall KCP they only have non-bird rights he would qualify which is amazing just by how young he is and then their centers aren't good aren't Zubac and Brian aren't good yeah. enough right now to, to really make it into this core conversation so but yeah I think they deserve consideration because they have serious potential they you know I think Kuzma's been better this year than I expected and, and Ingram too he's really made some strides with the ball in his hands now so I had them as my last team in but I did have them in yeah uh, I did it as well I mean and, and we could talk more about them you know maybe i don't know if they're going to be last among the six in the ultimate analysis i didn't think there was really anybody else close enough at this point to merit inclusion although there certainly are some teams that have that are bad and have some young players but uh they're either don't quite have the depth don't quite have the star power or just are, are too early on in the rebuild so we'll take a second here and then we'll come back and figure out who we think has the best young core in the nba after this from wink i have not really been a huge wine drinker but certainly living in the bay area do plenty of it and of course i was generally just reduced to going to the liquor store and seeing which labels look the prettiest and was within my budget and just picking one out and going to a party and hoping that because that's what you're supposed to bring to a party right is wine just hoping that i had actually picked out a, a decent bottle and usually people were nice enough to say that it was good but who knows whether they're actually telling the truth or not however my sister is someone who definitely uh can be trusted to tell the truth 
she is a Duncan after all and isn't really super into sparing people's feelings when it comes to beverage choices because she's worked in the service industry for a long time knows everything there is to know about beverages and so I was worried when she came to visit over Christmas what am I going to do to get a decent bottle of wine here that's not going to be a massive disappointment and I realized oh yeah I've got these bottles from Wink and so we opened up a great white from wonderful wine company this is their white wine blend and she was really impressed she's like wow this is good like where'd you get this and I, and I told her and she was totally impressed so if you want to impress your skeptical family members if you want to really enjoy some wine but you don't know a ton about wine you can use their palate profile quiz that's what enabled me to get this wine that I really enjoyed they'll ask you questions like how you take coffee how you feel about blueberries and they'll send you wines curated to your taste the more wines that you can rate the more personalized your monthly selections get over time they have a ton of wines that you can't get anywhere else there's no membership fees you could skip any month and you can cancel anytime best of all they're really a believer in their wine personalization uh they cover the shipping and then if you don't like a bottle they'll replace it with one that you will like so the way to get started with them is trywink t-r-y-w-i-n-c.com slash cap space they'll get you twenty dollars off your first shipment trywink t-r-y-w-i-n-c.com slash cap space easy run that slash cap space url to get that twenty dollars off because we talk about cap space here all the time on the program trywink.com slash cap space so if we're going to talk about it the number one slot here what i'm really trying to think about is all right if you take these all these guys in three years and then you just you try to fill in with a normal team and normal resources around them who's gonna make the core of the best team and, and so what was the answer to that question for you out of those teams that we discussed? i ended up with the sixers they have a really nice balance you have a guy in ben simmons who can handle the ball who can do a lot of the high leverage things that you need on that end joel Embiid is still my defensive player of the year pick despite this being his first full year of basketball which is unbelievable to be at that level at this point sure there are injury risks and all that and then Sharich has we talked about this in the 15 and 60 he's really impressed as fitting with that group and maybe depending on who they get long term he becomes more of a, a super sub but he has been a good starter for them there's no reason to believe that he can be any he should be anything less than that for them Fultz is still a high upside play incredibly talented guy uh his handle is is unimpeachable he just needs a jump shot to be valid and so they have this nice balance the team that was actually the closest for me and I didn't expect this going in partially because I didn't really realize this was Kyrie's age 25 season is the Celtics because what the Celtics have that is incredibly valuable is two players on the wing that fit together and so it's a lot easier to build with that group than almost all of the other combinations you have those two that means you can get a center dime a dozen right now not a big deal you don't have to get somebody perfect though they have a really good guy in Horford and then you probably want to get a two I'm thinking that's probably the way you'd want to do it and of the two three four that's probably the easiest guy to get along with what they already have you could even just get another three if the guy can shoot so those were one and two for me which is ludicrous because those two teams actually have more draft assets than a lot of the other teams on this list yeah some might carp at the inclusion of Irving who's only actually under contract for one more year but considering that he is really having an actualized season in Boston that he engineered a trade to Boston that Boston will be able to offer him more years and more money than anybody else when he becomes a free agent and that they are looking like they're a pretty successful team Uh, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt here that you can count on him being there I mean you never know obviously but I feel pretty good about that compared to a lot of these free agent decisions uh, especially since the Celtics are looking like you know they're going to be right up there in the east this whole time it's a very difficult decision for me between the Sixers and the Celtics Um, in part 
part for some of the reasons that we've discussed lately about the Sixers just being such an extreme odd team in this day and age uh, and with Simmons and Bede even Shard like guys who have very extreme strengths and weaknesses and while you have uh, and Robert Covington while he's a little too old to be on this list he should be around during this period still you can think of him as maybe part of this but it's very difficult for me to know how this team is going to be in the playoffs because in we've seen that the best teams of recent vintage have been built around great players uh, on the wing who can attack off the dribble who can also shoot a uh, great point guard play at times uh and uh, a lot of shooting and this is guy three guys your top three guys it looks like who are not going to be uh, none of them are amazing shooters. I mean, Embiid he'll, he'll take some threes but he's not that's not his role charge is hitting okay but he's not like you know just some absolute bomber type guy he's more of a versatile player and obviously simmons has those massive limitations i do believe even with markel fultz even if it's less likely that his upside will now be realized he still does have that upside to me and so maybe you could say these guys have the highest upside and then you can also though if you're going to change the celtics irving is the most prototypical of this group in terms of the type of player that's been really successful leading teams uh, of late and he's been to the finals he's been great in the finals already which no one else really in this discussion can say but brown tatum you know i'm not sure how much i believe it in their shooting those other guys rozier and smart you know not really a major part of this to me i don't see them as high level starters going forward and while brown and tatum physically are the type of guys on the wing that you struggle to acquire and as you mentioned it's kind of easier to fill around them i guess i might go with the celtics as a little bit better well than I'll, the I'll explain i'll explain the the, the um, huge thing yeah. here for me the difference is defense because i think that what yeah. you need around the sixers is you need shooting and capable ball handling from guys that are guard sized that is possible to do you know you can you're not maybe going to get perfect players because we're assuming equal assets we're not assuming they get what the sixers do with the full max spot and a lottery pick this year all that kind of stuff the ability to have like one of those truly rare centers that can probably stay on the floor against these teams that affects the game every time he's he's there that is a lot different like there when we did the center rankings podcast talked about how the guys once you fell out of the top 10 they didn't really provide a ton of value but those guys especially in the top five really really do because they're miles away and we'll need to see him beat in the playoffs but the idea of the margin between him and whatever that theoretical Celtics core could have because they don't get Horford in this hypothetical what they could have around them I think that margin is really really significant yeah and for me it's just more that I'm just not sure that a big 7-2 center and then your other best player who can't shoot outside of three feet is gonna work in the playoffs it's just too unorthodox maybe it will um why are the Bucks not in this team and Giannis by far to me is the best player of any of these guys because of the rest of it I mean Giannis is definitely the best of those guys and also he gets the benefit more than Kyrie I mean you could say hey Kyrie you know he's had a wonderful wonderful career to this point but Giannis will get better I, I would say when when you think about how how young he still is which is insane but Jabari Brogdon Thon those guys aren't really at the same caliber I mean they can they can be support players but I don't think they can really step up I mean Ben Simmons is on the fringe of the all NBA conversation this year like that is a very different level than yeah. where Jabari Parker has ever been yeah 
if Jabari just didn't suck so badly on defense it would be and obviously the health issues too but I like if he just weren't a complete sieve defensively I would just feel so much better about where this Bucks team was but I I agree with you I have a great deal of skepticism both health and defense and from a making his teammates better standpoint even on offense I think you know we believe in his scoring but uh you know in him as the second option then Brogdon Maker I mean Maker does I still feel like have a a fair amount of upside to be a a good starter but the question is about his age the lack of improvement this year the strength issues that he's inconsistency is a Uh, big issue too. not very explosive and yeah right and and so much depends on the Bucks too of just like what ends up happening with their coaching situation uh going forward as well I mean if they can get a great coach in there and then really fill in the right talent around these guys we might feel very differently about all of these players uh in the future but as of right now I think it's it's difficult to me um and yeah I mean Simmons is just despite his limitations so much better of a number two than Jabari is um and you know Jabari Jalen versus Jalen Brown Jason Tatum but Tatum by the way really fallen off uh in the last couple of months uh with his shooting as we expected but he's shooting like 32 percent from three i think in the last couple of months um it's uh yeah i'm just not enough of a believer in jabari to put the bucks in this conversation they just don't have one that i found really hard because it's just choosing which thing you value was between the bucks and the nuggets because the bucks have the better top guy i mean Giannis is better right now as a two-way like kind of as an overall impact than i expect Jokic to be and Jokic is fabulous i love him but he's just not Giannis is you know i had him as my mvp through for the year through january i don't think he'll be there for february but he's at that level at this point i don't think Jokic is going to be there but jamal murray and gary harris are both higher significantly higher rung to me than jabari brogdon those type of guys so it's kind of do you value the mvp candidate more than you value the two rock solid starters ideally and maybe jamal has more potential than that or do you value the yeah the true star this isn't quite there but if you had to because we're including things other than just the score but if you had to say all right over the next five years which team the bucks or the nuggets is going to have the highest win total uh in an individual season i would go with the Bucks. Uh, i think pretty clearly over the nuggets i think i think the bucks like just because they have Giannis and just like not a bunch of total clowns around him like they should be i think they're going to win 50 games i'm not sure that the nuggets can get there because they have some massive structural issues here i mean Jokic harris is you know i think he's overrated as an individual defender he gets steals but not someone you look at is really like a lockdown guy and he's also just a two guard anyway he doesn't have the size to guard the best wing guys they don't have anyone on this team uh even now and certainly not in this core who can guard the the best wings uh, on the other team and murray has gotten better this year defensively but he's still a sieve Jokic is awful uh you know i know that he has like good rpm numbers but i mean if you just he's just too slow moving out on the court especially when you get into the playoffs it's going to be a disaster uh trey lyles is awful defensively as well so they really this core uh, has nobody in it who can really uh, defend it so i just i i don't see how this nuggets team would ever get to the level defensively where they're going to be a solid 51 team unless they make you know a real big addition and, and maybe they'll look a lot better with Millsap in. i'm not sure that's going to be the case uh but especially if we're just talking about the core i think they just have too many limitations and then the what they still need to get solid three and d contributors and then you still have a center who is is not going to be good defensively and that that might still be fatal to you anyway uh so i that's why i have the nuggets i think a little bit lower even though i like all their pieces individually i just i kind of wish i could trade one of the like you know jamal 
Jamal Murray for Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum instead even though you know I might even like Murray as much or more than those guys at this point but just the, the fit issues I, I think are massive here. the other component of this which is important and you alluded to it a little bit but what you need around those guys I mean you need okay you need forwards that can defend and ideally can still shoot credibly great so does everybody else whereas with the Bucks, it's more like the Sixers where what they need is is more doable and they also have some intriguing kind of upside pieces Brogdon I think can fit in certain elements with Giannis at least a part of the rotation and Thon you know he he could be a potential solution there's there's a chance of it so they have kind of better lottery ticket guys in that than the Nuggets do so I went that way as well but I just found it I found it an interesting intellectual exercise and I had the Nuggets over the Wolves for that reason be because they or not for that reason but for because I like the ancillary stuff I I think Towns is better than Jokic I've had him above him in the you know in the prospect rankings I think there's more of a ceiling especially defensively if he ever does get it whether he does or not is an open question for now but Jamal Murray and Gary Harris have you know they have a lot more offensive capability I think I can see their place in that and Wiggins hasn't been good enough defensively to to make me think oh well he could do that you know he has the physical capability but he hasn't shown it yeah that's a I think that's right and you know if Wiggins really could become a a contributor on both ends and a a guy who could hit shots then I might feel a lot differently but yeah you know it's really tough to say between the Wolves uh, and the Nuggets I agree with you that Towns is better uh, than anyone in that Nuggets core but you know I I think Wiggins is one of the most under or overrated players I should say at this point Uh, and the Nuggets have a lot more flexibility I mean this is not really part of this but just in general they have more flexibility to get better than the, the Wolves do where are we on the lakers uh, right now you know uh, ingram has had a, a nice month of february uh lonzo not really sure what to think about him at this point he's just coming back he's a, a, almost had a lost year due to injuries he has these shooting issues kuzma who we were high on really has kind of fallen off uh and, and he's looking more like kind of a scoring backup forward than a guy you're looking at as a future star i've likewise seen from josh hart who, who just broke his hand today uh but uh and i think he can be a guy at the two who who can play up a little bit more defensively hit shots uh, although i'd like to see him take more shots than he has i'm not sure whether to include julius Randle. we normally would uh for a guy who's a restricted free agent but because of the fact that they may be trying to uh, clear some more cap space with him this summer i'm not sure whether to include him or not as aggressively as we might um i think really what this comes down to though is what do you think of alonzo ball and what do you think of brandon my concern with the lakers is that they have a lot of guys that are more in the kind of four through seven range on a good team than players who are at the one two three and we know that that is essential for building a successful team you need a best player you know there's a reason why the teams that we had at the top all have these linchpin type guys and ingram has been good this year what i want to see from him the rest of the rest of the season is okay we have the ball in his hands they've it certainly activates him a little bit more but there is a threshold test that is it just isn't relevant to the lakers this year because they aren't good enough for this which is can he be a part of an offense that is actually good that can compete against good teams or is it just the best use of him and with Lonzo Ball it's the same type of thing if he can't get his jump shot all the way around because being better with the ball in your hands doesn't mean you're good enough to propel a team and that's the difference between Giannis and Ingram at this point Giannis has proven that Brandon Ingram has not yeah and for Ingram you know certainly I think he's made strides this year the defense in particular I think he's been a big part of this team that has defended well I think that Lonzo can be a solid defensive player maybe not a lockdown guy but a guy who can be a quality help defender from the guard slot you know, i'm not really giving that much juice to kuzma or hard in this uh because you really to be in this conversation you have to have the top end talent i mean it, it, but 
and if you're just going to compare and, and Lonzo we know what his shooting struggles have been even if you want to say he gets to start shooting it better uh you know he still has a ton of limitations running pick and roll getting in the rim finishing getting to the foul line actually making a free throw uh all those uh, he's got a very very long way to go there I mean and so if you're just going to compare Brendan Ingram and Lonzo Ball to Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray and Gary Harris I mean I think there's really even though those guys are not that good defensively as of right now I mean the, those guys are not that much older than Ingram and Ball and they're just so much more accomplished you know I mean I don't see Ingram or Ball playing at an all NBA type of level the way we're, we see from Nikola Jokic uh you know there's nobody I think anywhere near the upside of Giannis or Towns or Embiid or Simmons in there and yeah like I said Ingram has looked better this year they put the ball in his hands more I still remain skeptical of whether he's going to be worthy of that uh he's not that athletic he's not that shifty he's not that good of a shooter he's not that good of a passer defensively I think he's solid and he can switch but he's not just an all-encompassing force doing things like protecting the basket his steal and block rates are still very low he never gets a rebound uh given his physical tools and you know he's made some strides but the Lakers hype machine is still completely out of control for him and if you just he's one of these guys where if you didn't know that he was listed as having a 7-3 wingspan like how much lower would the hype on him be right but he just still doesn't do enough with that wingspan like he gets graded on this curve where it's like oh he's doing all this stuff and he has this wingspan so it's like somehow more impressive that he's doing what he's doing because you just assume he has this wingspan and so the sky is going to be the limit for him whereas you know i'm not really sure that there's evidence for that at this point um you know i think he's going to be a solid young player i think he could be a a solid starter maybe he could be the second best player on, on a pretty good team you know that's what i see more of his upside and that's if he reaches that upside so i just he, his upside is much lower to me than just the top end guys that we're talking about here and and, and the same thing with lonzo ball with all the limitations he has i after this conversation i think it's been clarifying i'm moving them into kind of a separate tier because there are some other teams that we haven't mentioned that have really intriguing cores and so i was thinking about let's say the indiana pacers so the pacers oladipo still counts so he yeah. you know all-star potential all nba guy miles turner talented imperfect you know all that kind of stuff Sabonis is a valuable piece i mean there's a little bit of duplication and certainly not positional valuation with that and then you know some lottery tickets tj leaf ek anabogu and then uh gr3 is probably not considered because he's an unrestricted free agent this summer yeah and, and you know he hasn't like actually done anything in his career that could be a reason too. he has physical talent and then the other team that i think we should yeah. talk about when we're having this conversation because of their top two is the utah jazz donovan mitchell rudy gobert in either order i mean mitchell is more the rising guy gobert you know a phenomenal talent and i think he gets the kyrie irving penalty where he's been kind of at this level for such a long time that he gets hurt being a member of a young core where because we think of it as like the guys that are rising yeah. rather than the guys that have but, already but he's ascended. under contract for three more oh years, yeah rudy he, he certainly yeah, qualifies so. and then their support pieces are are royce o'neill and then exum i mean they're going to have the rights on him if they want to they can figure that out so i mean so i was sitting there going like okay i think those two teams are are at, at the bare minimum in the mix with the lakers and especially i mean oladipo right now he's been he's done more than i would say a lot of the potential outcomes on brandon ingram and i'm higher on ingram than i was back when we did the prospect rankings just oladipo this year has been fabulous yeah you know what like i agree with you like i i think i, I would move the pacers and the and it's different types of things too you know i mean the both the pacers guys and the jazz guys even mitchell who's a little older are more fully formed than you know ingram lonzo ball 20 and 19 respectively so but if you wanted to say hey would i rather have donovan 
Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert or would I rather have Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball for the rest of their careers like no contest I would rather have Mitchell uh, and Gobert uh, and then you know yeah they don't have the depth behind those guys but I don't think that Kyle Kuzma and Josh Hart uh, are closing that gap and, and even for the Pacers there's still some skepticism about Oladipo you uh, did some research uh, on how his shot has fallen off particularly from three we'll see how much longer he can keep this up the Pacers actually uh, on a little bit of a losing skid right now Turner is another guy that I've kind of been skeptical of but yeah still even with the way Oladipo has played so far this year you know I think it's very possible that neither Brandon Ingram nor Lonzo Ball ever has as good of a season as Victor Oladipo is having right now for the Pacers they're not really at this level but one team I want to mention just because it's such an unusual group is Toronto so Toronto has an OG Ananobi Jakob Pertl and Valanchunas both those guys Valanchunas is still this is age 25 year Van Vliet Siakam Powell and DeLon Wright that just in terms of depth like that's almost a freaking team it's not it's not a great team but it's almost a team and I mean we talked about how their second unit has been wonderful this year and I just admire the strength of that and you have all those guys that I think are capable rotation players and under team control so they all qualify yeah I mean they just don't have the top end talent I mean there's a lot of great role players yeah that's why I wanted to mention it but not they're not in this group yeah well I I think we can kind of wrap up here let's do our final rankings here among like the top seven or eight and then we can talk about some of these other you know uh barely receiving votes teams uh so your number one is the sixers yeah I'll, i'll i'll just rattle them off sixers celtics bucks nuggets wolves jazz pacers lakers and those teams are all really really close and yeah that's all yeah i'm pretty close there i think i'd go with the celtics just barely ahead of the sixers uh bucks third just because Giannis is so good i would have the wolves ahead of the nuggets uh just because i i still think that it's a little bit too hard to build around those guys if you're keeping all of them as a core and i think the wolves are a little bit more top end talent uh i think we might be sleeping a little bit too much on the jazz it's just it's hard to when you it's only two people to really call it a core but you could certainly make the argument that like donovan mitchell and rudy gobert are are is more valuable than having the three nuggets guys uh i mean and that's an interesting question too of like you know is gobert better than Jokic? you we ranked him i think both of us higher than Jokic, uh, although Jokic is younger i do think jamal murray still has just a crap load of upside as an offensive player um you know someone asked me what his upside is and i've always said like i think he's like steph light is his upside i mean he's never going to get to that level i don't know if anyone in nba history ever will to reach the heights that steph curry has as just you know a pure shooter but i think murray has the ability maybe to be kind of the closest thing we've seen to him uh i don't think he's gonna get there but yeah i think he has the possibility to get there so it's it's but if we're really you know talking about not just upside but uh i think that jazz group has some more certainty and and they're gonna defend as well so if we're not gonna penalize too much for depth you know i might even have the jazz and i'm sorry i didn't mention them early on so maybe i bet all those utah fans just turned this off already in anger uh liam has probably like burned his computer already actually uh or hopefully just his phone if he's listening to the podcast on his phone uh but yeah i might even have the jazz as high as uh fifth above the nuggets uh but i would have the nuggets substantially above pacers uh, or lakers and uh, lakers would probably be uh, whatever that is seventh or eighth to me um any reaction to what i just said before we talk about a few of these other teams not really i mean i it, it was close for me but just the the depth of of the nuggets is interesting and trey lyles is just a, as another supportive piece and, and rice o'neill we shouldn't just completely dismiss him he has shown some nice little flashes defensively but again more of a rotation guy than a starter obviously right uh so of all the teams we mentioned or, or have
haven't mentioned yet who do you think has like the biggest gripe of being you know left out or or, or who who would you rank as uh the next highest out of this group maybe is a better way to put that because i know who's going to have the biggest gripe it just won't be justified that's suns fans and the cult of devin booker they'll definitely have the biggest gripe and and adding alfred payton does really help them even though he's imperfect but just having a, a point guard option because that was one of the flaws with them and the other guys who qualify for reference tj warren josh jackson bender marquise chris how how much enthusiasm you have for them so they do have this like kind of depth of lottery ticket guys but they're just not established in the same way and devin booker he's a scorer sure absolutely i still am not sold on him as an offensive force as a player who can elevate even superior talent to what he has right now but just by virtue of being out there that he can prove that he will have hopefully have the opportunity to do that in the future but he just has not done it yet and but he is uh, among kind of so so you're looking at one of the big differences between them and like so he's not nearly as established as Kristaps Porzingis Porzingis if the ACL tear hadn't happened I think I think that actually materially affected the Knicks part of this for me yeah because Frank Nokina Tim Hardaway Jr. and then Cameron Moutier both are age appropriate but just have their different elements of it there but we don't know what Porzingis we're going to see from this point I mean it is it is massively concerning and he's also out for a year so you have that element of it but yeah I think the Sun the Suns will have the biggest gripe and uh, I guess I I I disagree with that I think the the Suns to me they will have it I'm not saying they deserve it yeah yeah okay right yeah because because to me I mean the Suns is just like all right you take all these guys and three years from now you just keep this team together I don't see even like a 500 team there there isn't a defensive identity for sure and their (laughs) offense I mean well (laughs) I mean many things can be an identity it doesn't have to be positive I I think I know what I would have their identity be defensively Josh Jackson TJ Warren limitations as shooters TJ Warren wonderful scorer but has has that stuff Alfred Payton doesn't exactly feed fuel that fire in any positive way and then Bender and Chris you know they have they have their moments they have their values but they're not there so okay so so then who do you think does have the most legitimate gripe well let me just go through the list here so the Mavs really only Dennis Smith Jr. is the one you can say Harrison Barnes can be a free agent after next year uh nobody else really that sexy in that group the Nets you could look at D'Angelo Russell Spencer Dinwiddie Jared Allen Rondé Hollis Jefferson Levert Alan Crabb amazingly Alan Crabb is still that young uh but don't see the top end talent with those guys I think it's an interesting question of whether you'd rather have those guys or the Bulls guys Markin and Levine and Chris Dunn are really the only ones that I that I would put in that category uh, as guys I look at as like potential future starters but um you know I'm not sure that either of those teams if you look at it a, a lot of it to me would depend on like how good Jared Allen could be defensively can he be one of those guys who's going to be like a solid you know make a solid defense on his own uh you know hasn't been doing that this year we've seen how bad they've been defensively lately but he's a, obviously a rookie um let's see who else are we talk? I mean the the magic we just don't know what Aaron what Jonathan Isaac in particular is going to be and Evan Fournier and, and Gordon I mean we've I don't see those guys just getting like so much better you know I think that's another one of those teams where you're like all right all right keep this guys together and they'll just never even be like a 500 team uh the Kings just way too limited at this point and some of those guys are older in this analysis already they're pretty close to fully formed um gosh you know what like I mean if you wanted to just say like if you just kept these guys together and they were the best guys on their team three years from now you might just say the Raptors just because you know like they're going to defend and they'll be able to hit shots you know and you can hopefully just fill in around them with some like instant offense guys here and there and actually have like a decent enough team uh that you know is going to defend and play hard and, and cause problems for people i was waiting for you to mention the heat on almost exactly the 
same rationale. Yeah. Josh Richardson, Bam Adebayo, Justice Winslow, and Tyler Johnson. That yeah. group isn't going to score, but they're going to defend the ever-loving crap out of every team. Yeah, they just don't. The heat, that Heat group doesn't have enough shooting. That's the problem. I right. Think. Whereas I think that I, I agree with you. I think I think they're a step down from the Raptors, but I, I I would heartily enjoy having that group of guys for the next little while. But yeah, I mean, if you're making me pick one of these with a gun to my head, gosh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, re- really tough to say. I mean, there's just so many guys who aren't fully formed who are massive defensive liabilities I mean, worth noting here that none of these this later groups we're talking about has anything approaching like a solid really like two-way wing player in the group um tim hardaway jr doesn't qualify though that does tie in for me i think the knicks deserve serious consideration for this just because porzingis at his best has been incredible i mean he's been better than any other player that that is not in that top tier and yeah frank has so far away though man he is and if he and if he doesn't do it offensively think about what you need from another you need you need somebody who can run a lot of pick and roll you need somebody who can do the offense but i mean porzingis isn't is enough i mean he's enough to to get to get in the conversation in a way that i think suns fans probably feel devin booker is but devin booker is not christophs porzingis yeah even the pistons i mean at this level with drummond drummond kennard uh stanley johnson the last name that you put here that i'm not gonna say (laughs) uh all right I, i think we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here um so uh, this was fun though i'm I'm glad we did this i'm glad uh, that question oh i have one more question did you have one when i because i compiled the lists for every team was there one that you thought oh my god like that's the worst oh where would you put the pelicans here just because they have anthony davis oh well i mean basically ad by himself is you know getting you a 40 to 45 win i might honestly take them i might honestly take him over the raptors as much as i like all those guys because oh sure no of course you would so then so then they're next yeah, yeah. No, Him, I mean, he's carrying right, but... Shake Diallo and Frank Jackson yeah. all the way. But, but... Yeah, that said, I, I, like that really evades the spirit of the question. Sure. I think even even when with some of the like the Jazz is almost kind of doing that. Where when you really again when you say core, you really mean three people. You know, uh, so I, I it, it's kind of fudging it even with two for the Jazz. So I I think you can't really say that because you're like, oh man, there's these this young core. We're so excited about these players. Uh, plural plural <laughs> so I mean, in terms of in terms apple, of an apple core can be singular right like yeah so so briefly <laughs> in terms of the the worst i mean the team for me and this will obviously improve with the draft is probably memphis i mean they have a lot of lot uh, you know dylan brooks wayne selden like type of guys that i don't expect to be starters on a good team and they don't have other guys really beyond that it's just a bunch of big man lottery tickets that don't look like they're gonna pan out yeah that's uh it's tough to argue with that uh all right that'll do it thanks so much for sticking around for this this is a a fun little exercise here we'll be back tomorrow night with uh gamers uh on the thursday night games uh, to close out the week don't forget about our sponsors wink try wink.com slash catspace gives you twenty dollars off your first order to and uh you can take their palette quiz get some wine that you're actually gonna enjoy and we'll impress uh, discerning other people in your life uh, as well. Talk to you all tomorrow night. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.